at one point you made, it's kind of like the rich get richer sort of thing, right? In terms of companies that are doing it the right way. And that that's good for them, obviously, but it's also problematic for, yeah, it, it's, RepView is also, it's information age, right? There, there, you, you get information about anything these days, right? Now, getting information about a place you want to go sell for has been a little bit opaque and hopefully we can fill that void. But think about it in your life. You can get, you know, you're going to buy a toaster, right? You go to Amazon, there's 80 toasters and they all have a million reviews each, right? There's, there's a, a, so much information. And I think that if you, if you're not a top performing organization, be it sales or be it any part of the organization, you are at risk, right? And I think that you're going to see, you know, there's going to be a, a further bifurcation of successful companies that at the top and and it's a real it's a real risk to to because there's only so many seats at that table right and then so then is 42 percent of people hitting quotas get the second drop to 30 percent because if you're not at this company you know then then you're not going to stand a chance right it's a it's a risk you know but i i talk to sales leaders on a very, very regular basis who are not at those top you know who have a lower not a great score and that want to do better, right? They want that. They don't want to be like, hey, screw this guy. You know, he's you know trying to disparage us or this that. No, 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 no. We're, I would love nothing more than to work with them to up level their environment. You know, take care is what I hope to be the first of many successful experiments around giving ourselves as individuals and employees. Um, the autonomy back in defining what wellness is. You know, what's the opposite of wellness to me? Um, so funny, it's wellness as defined by like the consumerism, looking good, feeling good, being top performing, all these like destination words, having small pores, being rich, being liked. Um, it's like when wellness is a destination and we're being sold it, it's really hard to achieve it. And yet when I give my, when I have the responsibility to define the word and I get to see it as a journey, something I'm on, don't really win at, but I have like goals that I've set. There's like just a feeling about the word then as well. Like I, all I can say is the way we use well today is sick and there's no amount of green juice. There's no amount of, um, you know, probiotic filled yogurt in the micro kitchen. There's no amount of paid time off. There's no amount of giving me subscription apps for mindfulness. There's no amount of any of it that will really promote my like true well-being. And I think intent is also something that is felt or experienced during one's telling of a story. And so with the intent of service and help and the intent of awareness and helping someone to get to where we currently have been or are in our particular journeys, I share in ways that I believe are helpful for the context that I'm sharing in. None of those ways are, um, doesn't diminish the fullness or the wholeness of the truth that I'm telling, but I still do try to frame it for the context. Sales is a lot of things, making money, you know, being with a cool company. But if, if you aren't developing, and especially at certain ages and certain places and stages in your life, then you need to run for the hills. Um, and when you stop learning and developing, you know, th then you also need, need to run for the hills. I think um, a, a lot of leaders, maybe they're great at 
sales, driving sales processes. Um, you know, sales leadership isn't just about that. And that's actually probably, I, I spend very little time with that. You know, I, I have heads of sales and sales directors that are way better at, you know, doing demos and all these things than, than I am, right? Um, people happiness, motivating them, making them a better business woman or businessman. Those are the things that I find joy with and those are the things that I spend most of my time with. And I think that, you know, if you find yourself in those situations that, that you're just a robot picking up the phone, smiling and dialing um, on repeat with no feedback, with no weekly and quarterly um, feedback and quarterly reviews and this is the direction these are the things you need to get better at honest feedback that hurts you know somebody that's trying so hard to be better at one thing but they just can't get it you need to as a leader you need to be the person that tells them they aren't getting it and it might break them but um you know th those are the types of leaders that you should you should seek out so that you can get good at at this thing uh called business the hardest conversations have been when, when somebody has tried to tell me that I can't do something just because I've never done it before. And the, the reason is, and I've talked about this many times, but there's this like can do versus has done um, kind of dichotomy. And so I remember saying to people who say that stuff to me, well, of course I've never done that. I haven't had a chance to do it yet. So how would you like for me to check that one off my, you know, has done box? You're not gonna give me up give me the opportunity to do that. And this is very, very common with sales leaders because you get topped off. Because oh Scott, you're the guy who gets people from, you know, zero to ten million, or you're the guy who gets people from ten to fifty million or whatever. And what always seems to happen is we're gonna bring in somebody else who's taken a company, you know, public before. You've never taken a company public before, so you know we, we don't know if you're the right man for the job anymore. Those conversations are highly uncomfortable, super frustrating, difficult to detach emotionally from, difficult to not take personally. Um, and not necessarily like a good, clear, or clean answer. Because in some cases, people, the, the founders and the board, they might be right. That person might not be the right person to take them to 100 million or to IPO or whatever. In other cases, they might be totally wrong. And that person's completely deserving of a shot and has earned the right to, to keep it going. So going back to like that safe space, that confidence, that psychological safety area is the 90-10 thing is, again, that's, I believe that is the, I'm not saying that only 10% of your brain power should be spent on creativity. I'm saying that 90% of your job better be figured out by the company and you should be able to do that in order Got to it. get number, right? Got it. Okay. So what happens when you do that is if my success is solely built on my ability to be creative, figure out my three things, all those sorts of things. The risk level is so high that I believe that you creatively are limited. 
And But when you know I'm gonna hit my quote if I do what I'm told, all of a sudden you have all this room and no pressure and your creativity goes crazy. I use it going back to kids and parenting and stuff is, you know, I kids, if you don't give them rules, are constantly looking for the rules and the boundaries and trying to figure out where they should stop and where they can go to. If you give a kid rules, they're infinitely creative inside those rules. Now, I think a lot of times some of the rules that we give our kids are a little bit too closed in, right? But I think that my kids knowing, listen, uh, you know, I don't want know, I don't want to give some examples because probably not legal, but but like, <laughs> Wait, but did like you, you know, didn't I even want, listen to I that one. Yeah. I want my kids to know, like, like let's call it dating, like. Do whatever you want to do. If you want to sleep over at somebody's house, sleep over at somebody's house. If you want to spend 24-7 with them. But I do expect to know where you are and I expect you to answer the phone when I call. And so like with those parameters set, they're infinitely creative in what they do inside those and they have a better, more rich experience. But if I was just like, hey, listen, go do your thing. Dad don't even need to know where you are. And this might not be the greatest metaphor, but like dad don't even need to know where you are. Then they're always constantly searching for the boundaries. like. I think reps are the same way. I'm going to give you the boundaries. If you work inside of these boundaries, you're going to hit your quota. This stuff outside the boundaries now is all extra. And you're going to, since there's no risk because you feel safe knowing that if I do what I'm supposed to, I'll hit the number I'm supposed to, then I think that your creativity actually explodes. Which we've designed the business model is about having companies that both lead on the other side. So where most who are trying to train people will say, hey, we've given you the skills or the certification or whatever, go out and now go like show people that you have the skills. Okay, that's one way to do it. But you still end up in these environments that are not conducive to somebody who needs coaching, leadership, that, um, that safety, uh, not that sales is ever safe, but you know, the, um, what you're describing. And so we have, intentionally architected it that way so that when you have somebody who has the potential to be great doesn't mean they're great today and you're just going to be like here's your seat go and that's it and you're done right that's not what creates success and so we're aligning with companies who believe that success can be created out of these situations and they actually invest in coaching and you know bringing those people along i think I am fairly good at it because I am one of the few people that invested real money on formal education to really master these these tools. And so my, my education in design thinking, Amy, when you think yes, about like right. doing, design thinking, I forgot. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Yes, continue. I am, I am a, a lover. I, I am very passionate about it. I live and love by, by design, human-centered design of these methodologies. Mm. But what, what, what it goes into is simply when you think about like people interviewing they don't come from a journalist perspective because generally what happens and what we've seen is oh i'm going to interview one of my customers okay here are like the 15 questions that i am going to ask them and if you think about it i mean you are trying to control a conversation that it's not meant to be controlled because you're going to come with biases ultimately with with those 15 questions so the way i, I like to and i and i would like to to leave the audience with a piece of advice is try to come with the less possible questions to the table because you can't really control the way people think. And what you're trying to uncover is, is a muscle. 
is is something that you that you can't simply predict. You can't forecast thinking. Without the breakdown, it oftentimes get left in just like that's diversity of thought. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Like, what? Explain to me, like, what does that mean? Like, how is this going to drive revenue? Mm-hmm. If I'm talking from a sales standpoint, mm-hmm. and if I'm going to be selfish, like, how is this going to? You know, my, my ultimate goal is like, man, everybody I get a job for gets to take that that income back to their community and build up their community. And so, like, how is you you bringing this person in if they're if you don't give them the autonomy to to, to call into businesses of color where you think that there's no value and you keep doing the same old, you know? Okay, I understand what you're saying. Okay, yeah. wow, I never thought about it from that perspective. You bring me in, you bring me in. It's almost like oftentimes the culture that exists almost. Uh, uh, so if I had to break down the road to inclusion, right? If we're, if we're like, how do we get to inclusion? Please break it down for us, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna start at the opposite of inclusion, exclusion, right? Diversity and exclusion, right? You hire me because I'm black, but now I feel excluded because the ways, the culture, the ecosystem is completely different. After I leave exclusion, next stop, because I don't fit in, I go home and talk to my, my grandma, friends and family, and they tell me, fake it till you make it. And fake it till you make it for a black person in a 98% white environment is assimilation. It's like, I'm gonna assimilate and try to fit in and try to do these mannerisms of like, you know, like I gotta do these mannerisms, I start to talk different, sound different, dress different, like it, it gets interesting. The sales culture and whether people are willing to change has a lot to do with where they are in their own journey as a organization. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're super successful, like we were working with um, a company where they were so successful, it, the phone was just ringing off the hook, mm-hmm. right? And so there wasn't actually a lot of motivation to change or to you know, be more curious, more empathic, more customer centric. Like they didn't need to be, there was mm-hmm. no motivation. Mm-hmm. So I think um, what I see is companies who start to work with us start to realize like they can't keep doing what they've been doing if they're gonna continue to grow. If they, they have to do something different. Thank you for hanging out today with us, friends. It means the world. If you found any value in things discussed, do let me know in the form of of a review. You can easily um, do it right over at revenuereal.com. Feedback is my love language after all. And that wraps another installment of the Revenue Real Hotline. I'm your host, Amy Rahubchek. Happy selling.